Welcome everybody to Hacker Valley Blue, where we get the industry's best and brightest cyber defenders to share their experiences and tips on how you can better defend your assets and networks. This season, I'm gathering some of the very best blue teamers across the field to form my all-star team of defenders who will use their talents against some of the biggest cyber threats that we face today. Join me as I meet with my team, learn about their origins, what drives them, and the pivotal role they play in the world of cyber defense. So without further ado, let's get to it. When it comes to IT and security, we can agree on two things. Complexity is increasing and manual asset inventory approaches no longer cut it. It's time to adapt. And that's where Exonius comes in. Exonius correlates asset data from existing cybersecurity and SaaS solutions to provide an always up-to-date inventory, uncover gaps, and automate action, giving you the confidence to control complexity. Sign up for a free walkthrough of the platform at exonius.com slash get a tour. That's A-X-O-N-I-U-S dot com slash get dash a dash tour. And welcome, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody watching or listening. This is another episode of Hacker Valley Blue. I am your humble and gracious host, Davin Jackson. Thank you for joining. If you guys aren't familiar yet, this season's uh, labeled the Defenders. I'm gathering my team of Defenders from all around the cyber defense field. But this episode's a little bit special uh, because I had to get someone to use our secret weapon. And of course, we know that this season of Hacker Valley Blue is sponsored by Upticks, but we had to get someone who can show us how to use this weapon, how to how to how to you know wield its power. And also, he has a very amazing beard, and I might get some tips offline about that. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome my guest, Tyson Supersadit from Upticks. Devin, thank you so much. And it's amazing that you got my my name right on the first try. <laughs> and and I, I love your beard as well. I was, you know, my my brother is a barber and he he's recently he's been looking at my beard whenever we get together and and asking, "Hey, hey Tyson, can I help you shape shape that up?" And now I know what it would look like if uh if he did get his hands on it. It would look like yours because you have a very well-shaped beard. <laughs> yes, thank thank you. Yeah, you know, got, got you got to got to take care of yourself these days. Um, so again, welcome to the team. Welcome to Hacker Valley Blue. So glad to have you here. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with you, though, uh, talk about you know who you are and and how you got started. Yeah, yeah, I got into uh, cybersecurity um, at my previous employer, uh, Extra Hop Networks. Um, they I was with Extra Hop for for nine years. They started off as as uh, you know the the guys behind the F five big I. Big IP uh, version nine, which is like an application delivery controller. They were, you know, tearing apart network sessions and, and making load balancing decisions. And they they realized, wow, you know, there's all this data on the network. You know, maybe we can do something with it. So they started off just like really broad, like you know, operational issues. You know, application teams, network teams. Increasingly, our uh, you know customers were using it for security use cases. So. Um, that's how I really got into security. You know, we were we were learning about um, security, and 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 we made they made a pivot. You know, to to uh, security. That's when they re- uh, launched their Reveal X product. Um, so I learned a lot about network detection and response. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to move over to Upticks. I kind of focused on the endpoint side, 
you know, and and now expanding into cloud workloads and cloud infrastructure and, and stuff like that. So that's uh, that's how I got started. Yep. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Um, but when 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 doing some research on you, um, you actually have a really interesting route into cybersecurity. A lot of us, you know, get in from, you know, coding or starting doing like help desk or SOC analyst or something like that. You actually started uh, your career as a writer. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting because one of the things that we talk about in cybersecurity is transferable skills. And, you know, and there's a lot of people out there who feel like, oh, I don't know how to get into cybersecurity. I don't have the skill set. Um, so talk about your experience of how you were able to take your skills as a writer and then move into in, into this this competitive field of cybersecurity. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, so I I graduated with a BA in English literature, <laughs> which is, <laughs> but in the university, I also worked at the help desk, you know, in the computer labs. And, and um, you know, we were... They taught us about things, you know, I learned some things about, you know, Unix and um, systems. They, uh, the University of Washington, they developed the Pine email client, which is like a text-based, you know, client. So we were, we were working with that. And then, uh, you know, my first job out of college was, was a little bit technical. I was, I was writing uh, news summaries for the Association of Computing Machinery. So, you know, computing science professors, you know, all around the country. So uh, writing skills are, are actually very needed in, I think, all fields, you know, especially in cybersecurity, you need to be able to, you know, cogently put together, um, you know, an argument or or explain your thinking and um, make, you know, get what's in your head into other people's heads, you know, and, and you know, writing is, is absolutely key to that. But I'm also helping people come from the other side. So recently, you know, um, on my team, I've hired people uh, with the cybersecurity practitioner background, or maybe who I, I'm also interviewing people who have just graduated with a, a recent, you know, cybersecurity degree or just a number of certs, and they want to get into the field. So, um, and I'm having those people do technical marketing. Uh, what's called technical marketing. So it's a lot of like uh, putting together, you know, product demos. Um, writing blog posts, acting as subject matter experts for the rest of the the marketing team, having people from like uh you know who who are in the cybersecurity field, um, you know work in marketing is really valuable because we can start to um, better express how our product can meet the different types of day to day needs that that um, people are facing you know as practitioners. That's very interesting. Actually, there's there's two things that come to mind when you when you mention that um, that a yeah I agree 100 percent especially on the offensive side um, communication skills are super important. Uh, I tell people all the time it's great that you can you know pop shells and gain root privilege and and pwn machines all day, but if you can't speak to it or you can't write down how you how you did it or your proof of concept nine times out of ten. It's not going to get it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not if you can't show impact or you can't explain to some executives how, you know, this can affect their company or how much money they stand to lose or explain, you know, your explain your proof of concept to, to like a bug bounty. I tell people all the time that, you know, you can learn the technical skills. Anybody can learn the technical skills if they if they have that 
uh, that that mindset to do it. But it's those soft skills that mm-hmm. are very um, important and, and hard to come by. And uh, the second the second point is, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because a lot of people always talk about getting their foot in the door and, and you know getting in the field. You know whether you just got out of college or you know you like you said grabbed a few certs and they don't know where to start. I actually just spoke at a school recently and this was one of the questions that they asked. And to be honest with you, I'd never stopped to think that a technical writing role could actually help get your foot in the door. So it's more uh, uh, technical marketing. Yes. Technical marketing. I apologize. But, but even so that's still, I, I don't think that's, that's one Avenue that a lot of people really really um think of so did you always know that or is that something that you presented that opportunity um once you once you were able to i mean extra hop was very engineering focused you know started by you know software engineers uh uptics is also very engineering focused and i think both organizations really appreciated having technical skills on the marketing team and you know my previous bo- my previous and current bosses really value that credibility in marketing and so when we can show people how something how it solves these problems like so that they can see it with their eyes you know that's uh seeing is 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 you know better than you know taglines or when you can bring that technical credibility to something and like actually showing them in a in a demo or um, explaining it in a white paper and diagramming it out, how it works, rather than just making, you know, broad claims that, you know, anybody can, you know, have, have you know, say the same things on, on their web pages. But, so. You were in college, you did, you did some help desk, you did some writing, then some technical writing, then you moved into marketing, and now you're the director of product marketing. Um, and, I assume that that is also one of your core responsibilities is bringing that technical credibility uh, to to what you do with uptakes with the product marketing. But what else do you do in that role? Yeah, it, it's it's not that I'm the technical expert by by any means, but you know we got tons of smart people in the company and um, helping them to uh, express and capturing that lightning in a bottle of like what is cool about this solution that we've built, you know, what, or it might be, um, you know, capturing how, how our really smart customers are using our product, you know, and maybe, maybe they're doing it in ways that, that we hadn't, um, we hadn't thought of before. Actually, I, I, I'm just working with the customer success team to, we're, we're starting a use case library because, um, you know, there's there's so many things you can do with with the uh, you know with the Uptics um, platform and and so many um, inventive ways that that we hadn't thought of. You know, integrations that you can build is not m- me knowing the ins and outs, but being able to you know understand what what is special about it about and then telling telling those stories and helping other people understand how it's going to make their jobs easier. Interesting. Um, I, I like the fact that you're you're giving you're giving the opportunity for people to 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 develop these use cases and then create a library, um, because a lot of times when when dealing with vendors or dealing with certain tools, you know, a lot of people don't know that there's this component that probably could make things a lot easier had they known it existed. I, I've been on teams where we've had tools in the past and literally like. 
a year and a half to two years after we're, we're, we're sitting there and we talk to a rep and they're going, well, why didn't you just use this? And we're like, wait, why didn't anybody tell us this? This would have saved us thousands of dollars because we didn't know it existed here. And we end up spending that money (laughs) to get another, to to another vendor to satisfy this thing that you're telling us was here all the time. So I think that, I think that's really smart and, and uh, really helpful that you're going to build that use case library. But one of the things that I also see you've, you've done recently uh, is you've done a lot of work with the, the MITRE defend uh, platform. So, a lot of us know what the MITRE ATT&CK platform is or the, the uh, and, and those standards, um, but the MITRE DEFEND is fairly new. So talk about your experience with that and what you do there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, at Uptics, we're a big fan of ATT&CK. We've participated in the evaluation rounds for the last two years. Um, the the results for, for this, this round are going to be coming out very soon. And we've also incorporated it into our product such that you know, we have over a thousand uh, different behavioral rules mapped to attack tactics and techniques and sub techniques. When we show the detections, we 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 map it to the frame, the visual, you know, framework. You can you can see, uh, and and so attack has been great. You imagine like where we were, I think like in 2013 or 2012, like before attack framework came out. Like you had this, uh, the Lockheed Martin cyber kill chain, you know, that, that said like, you know, exploit and, and, and this and that, but it didn't get into the details. It didn't like enumerate like exactly, you know, all the different ways that you would go about, you know, these steps in the kill chain. When attack came out, it started to get like really granular. And it wasn't just the MITRE team that was saying this, this was community driven. And it was actual observations in the field. So if you go into, you know, the attack framework and you dig in, they have documented things like this is where we've seen this. And these are the threat groups that we've seen, you know, use these behaviors. So attack has been immensely helpful, I think, for the cybersecurity industry, both for um, practitioners or end users and for vendors as well. Because we can, we can, you know, it's not just you take our word for it, but, you know, we can participate in the evaluations and show our types, different types of capabilities. Um, and and we're, we're talking about apples to apples. You know, it's, 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 we're talking about specific types of techniques that we can detect. Now, you asked about MITRE DEFEND because attack exists. Now we can, we can say, okay, for these very granular attack techniques and sub-techniques, what can we do as defenders, as blue teams, to implement countermeasures that are going to, to either prevent or disrupt or um, deceive <laughs> uh, the, these things? And, and what they do with defend is attack is, is focused just on detection. But with defend, it's broader. So they have the categories that they have. I'm looking at the... The site now, they have uh, Harden. So it's like doing things ahead of time to, you know, make it harder to exploit. Then they have Detect, the countermeasures for Detect. Then they have Isolate, Deceive, and Evict. It's much broader than uh, than just the detection. And I think it's, um, 
going to be immensely valuable, again, for both end users and for vendors to be able to use a common terminology, to be able to use, okay, when you talk about this, what exactly are you talking about? You know, and being able to describe it at that at that that level. No, I I agree one hundred percent. I think everybody should take a look um, at the attack and and defend frameworks uh, because, like you said, it's it it really breaks it really breaks it down, uh, especially the attack framework. It breaks it down into to simple steps, right? It's almost right. like I don't want to say color by numbers, but I mean it's it like you said, it's so much easier to follow uh when you can literally see the step by step and yeah the logical step would be to to come up with the defend framework which would then show how to defend against that and i'm very interested to see how you know teams moving forward kind of incorporate that into what they do um anybody who's getting into cybersecurity, i highly recommend looking at that um even if you're even if you're a veteran in cybersecurity. um you know, always reference it and look at what's going on because there might be something that you missed or there might be something there that you didn't quite think of uh, that can help you um, either attack or defend, no, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm really excited to, uh, you know, talk about this with your audience because it is still early stages for the Defend Framework. Um, yeah. They just released it uh, publicly last summer. And they say they're they're really upfront. They say this is still in beta. So what they're doing is is they're working with sophisticated organizations who have been asking for this. And um, because it's it's like a, a it's an ontology. <laughs> and this is where I start to get out of my depth. But but it's <laughs> like um, you know saying like okay a deer has like uh, cleft hooves or or in choose cud and has horns and like those different different things. And then there's other animals that have horns, but don't have cleft hooves. And, and so that, those types of things. And so right. they're, they're using um, uh, like really sophisticated organizations are, are starting to use this and then they're providing feedback. And then at some point they're going to say it's out of beta, I guess. And um, that's when I think we're, we're really going to start to see it gain steam. I'm excited about maybe possibly working with product, my product teams, to um, see how we can incorporate defend. Like maybe if we have a detection, we can, and it shows the technic- techniques that are used, um, you know, that we detected, maybe we could like suggest, okay, these are the countermeasures that you might want to implement, you know, for to like evict it or to harden against this in the future, you know? Right. Who knows what, maybe you could have like, even like auto remediation, you know, capabilities, you know, to, um, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I think it's pretty exciting. I think it's good just for people to get, get on their radar and like kind of understand, oh yeah, you know, the same way that attack helped us to have a common, um, under vocabulary around attacker, you know, techniques, tactics, and techniques. Um, now we can have the same common vocabulary, um, around ca- defensive countermeasures. And yep. um, I, I think that's that's really, you know, when we talk about, you know, the, all the money that's being spent in the cybersecurity industry and where are the tangible results, I think it's things like this that, that might help us to actually, you know, improve things. <laughs> yeah. 
and it and it's and it's well is is definitely needed. Um, I think it's an exciting time to kind of get into it. You know, like you said, uh, it's in beta stages now, but you're seeing it from the ground up. You're 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 seeing it build from the ground up. Um, and for those who have the opportunity to kind of you know incorporate themselves with it or you know become familiar with it now, you know, in five to ten years when it becomes you know as big, if not bigger. Than, than the attack framework, um, you know, a lot of those people will be in a very good, very good position because they'll be very familiar with it. And and with the advancement of attacks and things that you see going on every day with ransomware and phishing and everything, um, I think a I think a defend framework is is right on schedule. <laughs> I think I yeah. think it, it's, <laughs> it's definitely needed. Um, and and and. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what what the team comes up with. You've alluded to this a couple times, and you've touched on it. We talked about you working at Upticks. You know, uh, I'm gonna go into the spiel. I'm sure you already know what Upticks is, and we're gonna get to that in a second. But Upticks provides the first unified cloud native security analytics platform that enables both endpoint and cloud security from a common solution to enable security professionals to quickly prioritize, investigate, and respond to potential threats across a company's entire attack surface by unifying visibility and a single tool, security operations analysts can focus on one tool set and interface to improve improve productivity and efficiency. That's what I kind of break down when I get into upticks. But, you know, again, you being the wielder of the secret weapon on my team, um, why don't you give us a, a, a quick rundown of, uh, of the uptick solution? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so uptick started off uh, building off of the the OS query, I mean, the uh, the OS Query open source project. So yeah. Facebook developed OS Query and released it in 2014, you know, mainly focusing on Mac and Mac and Linux. That's what they, uh, they needed to do. The community added support for Windows, and it's been growing, uh, growing since. You know, there's hundreds of ta- SQL tables um, available for, for each of those platforms. So what OS Query does is, you know, is a little, uh, very low footprint, you know, piece of software. You install it on, on your your system, and it's going to be kind of just monitoring like all the the activity, the system activity, you know, and and collecting the telemetry. And what's special about it, it stores it in a structured framework, and that structured framework happens to be SQL, you know, which is the most commonly understood query language in the world you know so it those get stored in in uh sql tables now that's all os query is it's just that that piece of software it doesn't have a ui it doesn't have a management plane um none of that so um you know organizations that that uh you know they 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 love the the idea the concept but they started to you know build their own they they ran into scaling issues they ran into, you know, well, we'd, we'd like it to do um, maybe uh, remediative actions as well, but it doesn't because it's just read-only, you know. So they, that's that's how Upticks came in. Um, we've built a, a SaaS backend um, that, you know, is very uh, scalable, deals with stream uh, streaming analytics. Our, our co-founders came from Akamai, you know, and before that, uh, Sonus Networks, where... Um, you know they're used to building those types of uh, CDN type backends to make very quick decisions at, at on large uh, volumes of data. So as that SQL structured telemetry is coming into our system, 
we can analyze it in real time. And um, if we see something, you know, then we can collect correlated information and then uh, give you the real time detections like, you know, within seconds. And then also we're storing all of that data on the back end uh, in a data lake for a historical look back. And so what's special about it is that it's not just um, looking at like detections and telling you when something's wrong. It's really storing all of the system data that that is going on so that you can go back in time and say, okay, we didn't know about this particular exploit. Right. But now we do know about it. Maybe we can go back in time and see, has this been on my network, you know, in the past, <laughs> you know, things like that. Or, for example, for like uh, log, Log4j, when that came out, like our customers were able to um, very quickly query, uh, you know, all of their hosts, all of their containers, all of their laptops, everywhere that that they had the agent installed and, or observing and ask, do we have any Java processes that are that are running the you know this Log4j library? So, um, in which versions, you know? <laughs> so uh, they were that way. They were able to get a uh, you know an inventory of all the systems that they need to needed to patch or update, and then uh, you know prioritize those. So it's what I'm the reason I'm excited about it is uh, is it's really like a data platform for for you know your security observability uh, telemetry so we started with os query but we've extended the concept to other attack surfaces so for example kubernetes systems so we have uh, a a project called cube query it's also open source we've made it open source but uptix uses that to get gather data from the kubernetes systems like it's the control plane for your containers right and then we've done the same thing for your cloud uh, infrastructure. So we have a cloud query product, and it's taking the the um, the telemetry from the cloud providers' APIs, and then again structuring it in that SQL format. And it's all uh, there. You can write all kinds of crazy queries, you know, to ask um, anything of your your cloud infrastructure, of your Kubernetes systems, of your endpoints. Like th- that's where I get back to the use cases, you know, because like, well, what does it do? Well, it's quite a bit. It's a lot of things, yeah. you know. No, that makes that actually it, it makes it, it explains a lot now. It does explain why something like a use case library is is so important. And and I mean to think that it started from you know a simple like script command like like an OS query. Um, program to to now you transformed it into this 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 great tool that does so much and and I especially like the um the fact that you said you know it has the the data storage that allows you to kind of revisit you know revisit these endpoints and revisit some of these old logs and then determine oh did we miss something and create actionable items from from there because um you know let's face it a lot of exploits or a lot of attacks usually sit on systems for sometimes months on end before it's truly detected so the fact mm-hmm. that you're able to say okay wait hold on this signature looks familiar let's let's go back i think that that's super i think that's super important to have uh with, with companies today um but that's that's something that's interesting to me um if there was some one or two things that you could pick from from upticks i know it's i know it's hard to pick from from all the features but if there was like one or two features that really excite you or, or, or that that you really like about upticks what would they be 
Um, I, I think one is that we have all the data. And so the engineering team is building, like all of the UI is built off of these these queries, right? So we have like a compliance section that is does compliance for your cloud infrastructure or your hosts, you know, and it does checks for like CIS benchmark, um, for like PCI, for SOC 2. But though at in the back end, those are all all just queries, you know, and, and so the data is all there. It's just uh the the product team and the engineering teams are are building the UI, you know, to to display that data. So um, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm kind of excited. It's, it's like knowing what's possible and seeing the progression of the product. Um, they did, uh, they've done a great job with uh, detections, like the detection UI. Yeah. They have, um, you know, not only like the process, but the, the ancestry list, you know, and they can, they can use it to, uh, you know, draw out like, uh, you know, graphs, process tree graphs showing exactly what the customer, I mean, the attacker is doing, you know, what files they've, they've touched or deployed, you know, what they're reaching out to, what other systems they're jumping off to. Well, we're getting ready to, to um, uh, uh, roll out uh, cloud infrastructure entitlements uh, product product that shows you like in your cloud like what who has access to which types of resources based on their entitlements you know or based on the the roles that they have or the groups that they're they're part of because um you know as you have as you start to have like dozens of services or resources across you know dozens of accounts you know it's it's actually um, when you look at it that way, it's actually not surprising that, you know, maybe an S3 bucket, you know, might get popped or something, yeah. you know, because uh, like figuring out who all has access to it and in what ways is like is is uh, is challenging. So all of this data is just in our data lake, prioritizing what we want to feature in in the UI, you know, and then I guess the the other thing, if I can get a second one in is uh, our API. You know, uh, a lot of customers really love our API because our, our own product uses our, our public API. So, um, you know, getting the people who, who really like data and, be, uh, and, and know what they want to do with it, you know, we give them access to our API and then they can go, you know, go to town. You know, they're using it for their own machine learning systems, you know, to be able to like baseline behaviors and see now, now you're speaking my language. Cause for one, you know, uh, as an attacker, the first thing that we usually try to look for is privileged accounts. So, you know, <laughs> so that, that feature that you're, that you're coming up with is definitely going to make things harder. If you're able to kind of look at it and go, Hey, hold on this, this, this account shouldn't have all this access. Let's, let's reel this one back in. But, yeah. um, but yeah, but my, my specialty now is basically API security and API pen testing. So um, that's, that's also an interesting component uh, in there as well. Um, but thank you for that answer. And again, thank you for, for your, your team at Uptix uh, for sponsoring this episode and this season of Hacker Valley Blue. And if you want more information on Uptix, go check out uptix.com. That's U-P-T-Y-C-S.com. Tyson, one thing that you talked about earlier when we were talking about the MITRE Defend framework is the possibility 
of incorporating that into a tool like upticks how powerful would that make <laughs> that tool if you're able to 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 bring in this framework with all these steps to detect and evict and everything into something like upticks that already has all this data like what kind of powerhouse would that be yeah that's why uh at i think you know as as an organization, Uptix is really interested in the defend framework because, again, yeah, we 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 love attack. You know, we we're participating in the attack evaluations, but that's just for detection. But you you know, the blue teams carry care about much more than just detection. You know, they they want to harden the systems. They want to possibly deceive or or you know um, you know do do some response. You know, it's it's a different way of thinking about it. Like when you're looking to like for third party, you know, validation of this product that you're buying, you know, you might look at like an analyst report or where they are in some, you know, magic quadrant or something like that. But that's really like a a, a qualitative measurement. You know, it, it's it's at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, you know, based on these questionnaires and these interviews, you know, that's where we're going to put them, you know, or or say it's good or not. But, uh, you know, MITRE doesn't claim to, to do any um, qualitative types of assessments. They're just doing like quantitative stuff. Either it did or it didn't, you know, and, and they're measuring things. Being able to apply that type of rigor that they've done with the attack framework to this broader set of defensive countermeasures with defend is is what's really exciting. Now, as for like incorporating it into the product, you know, that was just kind of my uh, my Jetsons uh, kind of imagination, you know, going going off. But but uh, uh, I'm in product marketing, not in product management. But I, I think right. it's it's a it's a really good idea. I think at the least, what you're probably going to start seeing um, first is some uh, vendors creating white papers describing the different areas of the defend framework that they that they'd solve for which attack uh techniques and 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 sub techniques those threats are going to be using and then now i can use the tools available on the mitre website to understand get a list of the types of countermeasures that i can implement to um you know to you know to harden my systems or to enable detection or or so forth against those threats that I'm looking at, and so with with all of this, it, it really um, should you know make the buying process for cybersecurity technologies um, a lot more straightforward. And you should be able to express to the business like this is why we're spending this money because this is what our threat profile looks like, you know, and and it represents this much risk to the to the business. But if we buy this, we have this this much coverage, you know, so. That's that's uh that's why I think um you know it's it's uh it's unique it's uh it's it's something yeah. that uh we're excited about I'm excited about No absolutely and and like you said I think having something like that would pretty much explain itself like you know you, you know when you when you go into you go into these board meetings or you go into management and you're trying to justify you know, why you need this tool or why to justify the cost of it but if you can say hey look it's <laughs> it's being backed by the is being backed by a framework used by the community that is constantly being updated 
and and we can use it um i think it would be it's a no it's almost like it's a no-brainer and again it's a no-brainer because one of the things that cyber defenders and blue teamers want to do is either defend it or if there is a breach or there is an incident uh put all those pieces together to figure out what's going on to remediate that issue Mm -hmm. and i think something like the miter defend framework will help put those pieces together and help with some of those challenges i've had a lot of guests on here um, who talk about, you know, th- that moment of putting the pieces together is is very similar to like when offense, the offensive side or red teamers, you know, pop a shell or get get root access on a machine. Um, the, the blue team has that same euphoric feeling of putting the pieces together. And now something with the MITRE Defend framework, I think would actually help, you know, make that process run a lot smoother. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? From what I've read on, on the, about the MITRE Defend team, they're, they're in the same way they're looking for um, examples from the field of attack TTPs. They're they're going to be looking for they're looking for things like patents and evidence that these countermeasures actually work. Yep, absolutely. Um, and for those again who want more information about the MITRE attack and defend framework, uh, we're gonna put that we're gonna put the information in the show notes. So um, please go check that out. Uh, you know, please read up on it. Again, highly recommend. Even if you're on the opposite side, so if you're on the red team, go check, go read about the defend framework. If you're on the blue team, go check out the attack framework. It it will help tremendously and everything that's going on. You've had an interesting journey into this field and everything that you're doing with with MITRE Defend and Upticks um, and also helping people get into the field through through doing technical marketing and, and things of that nature. What recommendations would you give to people who are just starting out or feel that they have an interest in doing uh, cybersecurity or cyber defense for them? Yeah, I, I think, um, uh, you know, in addition to looking for a position like as an entry-level analyst, you know, do some searches for um, for technical marketing. So it might be like a technical marketing manager or a technical marketing specialist. I think every cybersecurity company is going to have a technical marketing team that um, where somebody, you know, with a with a new degree or, you know, some certs or, or some practitioner experience that's looking for something different, they can get in on. And the the advantages of working at a vendor is that you're going to have, you're going to be exposed to a lot of different organizations uh, because those, you know, ideally your customers, you're going to be understand or the prospects, and you're going to understand like what they're looking for, um, you know, what they're asking for in their POCs, what they're uh, asking your customer success team for help with. And so it gives you a very broad view of the industry, whereas, you know, you don't you may not get the depth that you would, um, you know, working as a practitioner where you're you're deep diving into, into a particular problem. Um, so it's a yeah, I mean, there, there's there's uh there's lots of opportunities on the vendor side. So that's what I would want to leave your uh, audience with. Uh, absolutely. And like I said, I'm definitely, definitely uh, a path that we don't talk about enough is, is checking out the vendors and checking out technical, uh, technical marketing. I think, like I said, now that you, now that you say it, it's almost like I'm slapping myself, like, 
why didn't I think of this before? Um, it's actually brilliant. And it would actually teach a lot of things that we just talked about earlier, like those those written communication skills. So again, thank you for sharing that, that, that gem of information. Uh, I'll be sure to take that with me moving forward when I when I talk to, to, to more junior folks or people looking to get into the field. Um, but if anybody has any questions for you or how to find you, um, if you want to share that information, now's your chance to kind of just let them know how to find you. Uh, well, I, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. If you can spell my name, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I'm also active on Twitter. Uh, I think it's uh, T Supasat, but um, yeah, that's my 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 Twitter handle. And I, I like to share you know cybersecurity memes and and <laughs> things like that. So yeah, we definitely we definitely need the memes, especially during stressful times. <laughs> it gets us through the day. But uh, again, Tyson, thank you for for spending some time with me today and thank you for for agreeing to be a member on the team the wielder of the secret weapon upticks thank you to upticks for sponsoring this season and this episode and and allowing uh me to to to, to hit to chop it up with with tyson and again thank you to you the viewer and the listener for supporting the show and supporting hacker valley media so until next time please remember to stay safe out there and we will see you next time I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hacker Valley Blue. If you did, please remember to like it, subscribe to the channel, share it with your friends and colleagues and family members, get it all out there and make sure you tune in for the next episode. Also remember to join our Discord server and you can talk to me and some of the other Hacker Valley family. So make sure you go check us out over there too. 